the moon is just a uh, Sears tire yeah. that has spun down. So the moon is still entitled to come in for a free... Free rebalancing from Free Sears. rebalancing. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. And welcome to our listeners to the WTIF Virtual Studios, um, where we all meet. You, 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 it's virtual in the sense that Matt and I, even though we're both in New York, we are in different boroughs. We're not actually in the same room. And you listeners are wherever you are. And... So it's virtual, not only geog- geographically, because w- we consider you a live audience. And mm-hmm. again, total, it's total fabrication. That's right. You could be dead. We don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this show may be the cause, you know? <laughs> viewer, viewer warning, a uh, listener warning. <laughs> as far as I know, no casualties from the podcast yet. No. Yeah, so far, so far, no one has died. But um, uh, that'd be a what the if. What the if? <laughs> That's there's a great Monty Python sketch actually about uh, a joke so funny that oh yeah the funniest joke in the world yeah, right. that kills anyone who hears it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it was a salted peanut. peanut. <laughs> and it was so they read it to the to the Germans. Uh, yeah, there's this great scene of uh, soldiers running through uh, no man's land, reading off the joke. As the Germans yeah. fall around them, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Classic. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, you're you're live. Not only are you a live audience in our minds, but you're you're with us, right? We're all together. We're all in this one big room, like you see, uh, like Saturday Night Live, a giant studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So we'll, band, and there's a band, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but in fact, it's it's also virtual through time because you are all listening at different times. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So having completely blown our minds 30 seconds into the show, uh, there was, uh, we, we like to take stories from the news or from recent publications, recent discoveries, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I was reading recently about um, a discovery. That, how do you, do you know how you pronounce this planet, Gliese? Lisa. Oh, it's the the name the is system. Lisa. Yeah, um, named after uh, the the astronomer who started that catalog. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's yeah. that's not some ancient name. That's a astronomer. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so this is why they have these really boring names. Like there's Gliese one five eight three and Gliese two eight four nine because that's just the next entry in the Gliese catalog. Yeah. Oh, I, wait. So. Who was Gliese? Um, I don't know his details, actually. I should check up on that. But he's a contemporary person now, or he's uh, old? Yeah, he's still alive, I think. Oh, all right. So, so every, every time they find a new star, he, his empire grows. That is correct, yep. That's pretty um, cool. And uh, probably a pain for him to Google himself, because he gets all these extraterrestrial planets. So. <laughs> Although... It's As a so vanity bad. search, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, as vanity searches go, uh, his would be pretty awesome. How yeah. many planets do I own today? 
<laughs> he's like re-gifting planets. He is so many. You know? Oh, he totally could. I don't know if he is. But. Yeah, like just to the, you know, it's, oh, it's the guy, uh, that guy down the hall in the office. It's his birthday. I don't even know who he is. Here's a planet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Secret Santa. Secret Santa has given you an exoplanet. Yeah, that'd be great. Pretty sweet. So, uh, and, and I believe now this is, oh, God, I, I really should look it up. I'm not sure if this is one of the, right, okay, now actually I was going to say, is this one of the Kepler discoveries? But no, those would be named after Kepler. Um, that's, well, that's right. Yeah, usually the, the Kepler has its, um, has its own catalog. So you get Kepler 1538 or right, Kepler right, right. 129. Yeah. And in that case, kind of named after Kepler, the astronomer, but also really named after the Well, really named after telescope. the satellite, yeah. So Gliese 58, this is from space.com. Gliese 581c is a super Earth planet that was discovered in 2007. It resides in the Gliese 581 system, which at 20 light years from Earth is relatively close to our planet. Yeah, that's pretty cozy. It's 20 light years, yeah. While early research suggested Gliese 581c may have liquid water on its surface because it resides in the star's habitable zone. More recent su research suggests it may have a Venus-like uh, environment. Gliese 581c takes about 13 days to orbit its parent star. Mm -hmm. Mercury, by contrast, takes 88 days. Gliese takes only this Gliese 581c, 13 days. Because it is so close to a star, a common belief is that the planet is tidally locked. It was discovered, it was a paper led by Stefan Udry, an astronomer at Geneva University. One of two super Earth pl planets his team has found, it said. And so, and Gliese 581c is one of those. So it's like Earth, but it's bigger. Yep. Uh, it, they believe that um, their, their first thoughts about it were that it was, it, well, they see that it's in the habitable zone of its star. So 581c, mm -hmm. meaning like the third planet they've discovered around this star, Gliese 581. And so they thought, well, there's water, there, there could likely be water on this planet. Yeah. But then um, further research or further thought about it um, showed that the planet is so close to the sun. In fact, it only takes 13 days to go around the star. Mm -hmm. And the fastest planet in our solar system uh, is well, the one that wrote that uh, revolved uh, around the planet uh, the most is the fastest is Mercury, which yep. takes 88 days. Mm -hmm. All right. So 13, yeah, 13 days, yeah, 13 less than days two weeks. is an absurdly short uh, period. Right. That would mean the seasons, if they had four seasons, for instance, it mm -hmm. would, those seasons would only be. Uh, yeah. Four days long. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we complain about the weather changing fast around here. Exactly. That's amazing. Think about that. Just that. The seasons being only four days long. Now, there's a problem, though. If the if a planet is tidally locked, explain what what does that mean? Oh yeah, so we should probably figure out what that is. Um, so uh, tidally locked means that it rotates on its axis at the same speed it moves around uh, the sun, its star. Um, so this is actually what's happened with our moon. So our moon um, takes about twenty eight days to go around the Earth. Right. And it also takes 28 days to spin on its own axis. So what this means is that the same side of the moon is always facing 
the earth. Right. Okay. Um, so we call it lock because that same side is always facing the earth. Um, and it's called tidally locked because tidal refers to any kind of gravitational imbalance. So oh. the idea is that, you know, the earth pulls on the moon. Um, and if it pulls on one, if, you know, one side of the moon is very slightly larger than the others, you'll get uh, an uneven gravitational tug between the two sides. Right. And eventually, uh, after very long periods of time, the side with stronger tug will just settle down closer to the earth. Right. You could even, you could think about like a, if we have, if you have a wheel mm -hmm. and the wheel is spinning. And for so imagine you had a bicycle and you do a wheelie, but you do it for a re you're just like the best circus biker ever. <laughs> you're the, we mentioned Evil Knievel in the past. This would be Evil Knievel worthy. And he, although he would do it while flying over a canyon or something ridiculous. So you put, you pull a wheelie, you lift it up, front wheel keeps spinning and, and you don't move at all. So the wheel just keeps spinning and spinning. And if that wheel is perfectly balanced, oh, here's an even better example. Mm -hmm. I used to work at Sears Automotive. Sad story. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's ancient. A childhood summer job at the <laughs> mall. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things we did at, at Sears uh, was, or the mechanics did anyway, I was a mere nerd cashier uh tire balancing everybody who has a car has to deal with tire balancing right mm -hmm. and that's because as your wheels spin if they're not perfectly balanced which could come from it being slightly off the, the axle being slightly off center or something like that but it could also be from for some reason there's something one that one side of the wheel is a little heavier maybe you got a big rock in there yeah exactly right or you took a chip out of the uh the edge of the wheel um uh, so it's, un as you said, it's unbalanced. Right. And it'll spin and spin and spin and spin and spin. And eventually, without not being motorized, if it's just left under um, mm -hmm. inertia, inertia, yeah. the heavy, the side that's slightly heavier, no matter how heavy, is going to eventually, when the wheel eventually stops, the side that's slightly heavier will be pointing down. Yeah. And it'll that's stay right. like that forever. Yeah, and down from the moon's point of view is towards the Earth. Right. Down means you know, towards the, the source of gravity, right? Right, right. Um, so essentially, the moon is just a, a Sears tire yeah. that has spun down over very long periods of time. And very long periods of time, we mean tens of millions, hundreds of millions of years. Right. right. Now, Sears has a um, lifetime guarantee or your lifetime, what is it, satisfaction or your money back? I oh, wow. it, okay. something like that so the moon is still entitled to come in for a free free rebalancing from free Sears? rebalancing okay but when you do that by the way just so you know now this is not specific to sears at all if sears is even still in business where you are but this is true for any auto shop when you come in some dude like me some 15-year-old or 16-year-old or 17-year-old is going to say, well, well, we're, we're so happy to give you that tire balancing moon. Welcome, Luna, Mrs. Luna. Wouldn't you also like uh, uh, maybe a, uh, we'll change your oil? 
and maybe some new shock absorbers. I think you need some new shock absorbers. So this is why probably the moon has not come in yet. That's right, because you don't want to know how expensive uh, shock absorbers are That's for right. the entire moon. The yeah. moon is, is, because she is old and wise, knows that uh, they're going to do the upsell thing and it's just not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's hear. So this has some, um, this is why we have what we like to call the dark side of the moon. Right? Mm. It's not actually dark. It's just always facing away from us. Yeah. Okay. So it's dark in the sense of unseen. So when, uh, let's see here, which was the Apollo mission that first went around um, the backside of the moon? Apollo 3? Yes. Pink, that was the Pink Floyd mission, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, those, uh, the gentlemen on that spacecraft were the first human beings to ever see that part of the moon. Yeah, that's amazing. And, yeah. and are still, aside from those of us who look at the photographs, they are still the only people, well, they and, and, and the other... Yeah, um, the other Apollo mission folks. Small yeah. number of people who got to go uh, are the only ones who have ever seen it with their own eyes. Mm -hmm. Kind of amazing. Yeah, right. Um, so, so for the moon being tidally locked, it just has that, that odd feature that if you're on the earth, you can't see the other side, um, without a spacecraft. Right now, if you're tidally locked to your local star, um, then things get a little weird. So Mercury, for instance, is tidally locked. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Okay. So if you were on earth, um, not earth, uh, if you were on the sun, and watching Mercury, you would only see one side of Mercury, no matter how long you waited. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you'd die horribly. Yes. As you're standing <laughs> exactly. on the sun. <laughs> exactly. Goes without saying. Yes. Uh, Probably so faster then, than 88 days. <laughs> uh, so if we flip it then, and you're standing on uh, Mercury. Yes. Now, um, there's a few different places you can stand. So if you stand... Uh, on the light side of Mercury, the sun will always be right above you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so no matter how long you wait, there are no sunsets. Yeah, the sun literally does not move. Right. Yeah. Uh, and similarly, if you were on the dark side, you know, exactly the opposite, uh, you would never see the sun. It's always midnight. Right. And do this the stars don't move either except well over the course of your year over the course of a year yeah that's right um but that's that's the weird thing about being on a tidally locked place is that's a weird. year is equal is the same as a day yes by our calendars and yet that that that's a we even I never really think about that this is slightly less dramatic than the sun side but like the night sky on a tidally locked planet the stars well first of all you're always in night i was about to say the stars don't move within night but in fact right. it's always night mm -hmm. so slowly the stars move yep gradually as you lay out there or they they move very slightly across the sky and not in a circle like we see because our planet is revolving and so our stars appear in the northern hemisphere appear to rotate around the north star Oh no! They also they they, they still will rotate around. So there's a an, there would be a pole star on Mercury, um, ah. and the stars would rotate around it. But it would take a whole year for them to loop around instead of one a day. 
Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see. And that that pole star, if there's one in, in close to that spot, would be basically straight. Uh, yes, that would that pole star would be above the terminator of Mercury. Is that right? In other words, it wouldn't be. I'm just getting a little complicated. But yeah. that's where my mind goes. <laughs> this is hard to do audio wise. So yeah, audio wise and yeah. and uh, lack of education wise. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay. Think about it. Bonus, extra credit. Go figure out right. where the pole star is in the sky. Um, so this should make us think about you know what would uh, w which side of Mercury would you rather live on? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things to think about is that of course you're going to bake like a potato. Mm. on the sun side right? yeah and you will freeze like uh i don't know what things freeze like a frozen freeze, potato like a frozen <laughs> potato on, <laughs> on the dark side right um so that's almost certainly going to be unpleasant um in either spot yeah right? yeah unless you're born under that environment that's true. If you evolve to those environments, then probably no big deal. Um, but we but, believe that probably at least the limitations of life as we know it now, it sounds like the sun side puts you in danger of having to live in an environment where we've never found something living quite so hot. Is that right? Yeah, that's um, yeah. And then on the dark side, the question would be, you know, how could plants grow without any? ambient sunlight right also there's no atmosphere on the entire planet which is a problem but. well that's right and actually that's that might actually be better because one uh -huh. of the things you're going to get if so for instance if the earth was tidally locked yes um one side is very hot one side is very cold and what happens on the surface of the earth is if you get one area that's really hot and one area that's really cold you get wind in between them because mm -hmm. you have a pressure difference yeah right so uh so a lot of the sort of general wind cycles we get here on Earth are because um, one side is in daylight and one side is in night, and then every day it ah, switches, so you right. get kind of a complex pattern. Right. But if that didn't change from day to day, there would just be constant, enormous windstorms from the sunward side towards the uh, dark side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that would be that'd be wild crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they find the one place where the temperature is nice but there's a howling yeah that's probably right so usually yeah. like in sci-fi stories when somebody sets up on mercury they set up right on the terminator uh -huh. that's the, the line in between the light side and the dark side right so they can get a little of each um and uh but yeah if there was an atmosphere then you would get these gigantic hurricanes probably probably planet-wide hurricanes wow. um, constantly amazing so uh tidally locked mean it also means just so you uh, to reiterate that under the ground um the or perhaps even above the ground i suppose but basically the the ground the surface or the mass of the planet somehow there's a little bit more on one side than the other yeah, it's a ball. It looks like a, let's even if it looked like a perfect ball from the surface mm -hmm. inside, it's a little denser on one side. Yeah, you've got one. You know, there's a cat that lives on one side of the planet, ah. and that cat's mass 
is enough to unbalance the planet very, very slightly. And you'd say that doesn't make any difference from moment to moment. Uh, but over the course of 100 million years, uh, that could, could de-spin the planet, we would say. Yes. Oh, de-spin. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, the fact that they think there's water, there could be water on Gliese 581C, and that they call it a super Earth, Mm -hmm. Means that there, I believe there's an atmosphere. Yeah. Well, they they say exactly what the conditions are would depend on the thickness of the atmosphere. But it sounds like there is some atmosphere there. Uh, yes, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that could be. They might have one of these crazy uh, planet-wide hurricanes. Yep. Exactly. That would be pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, and if it's that close to a parent star, then the difference between the hot side and the cold side is going to be very dramatic um, and uh, really drive those winds. Right. So let's make the Earth, this, as, as you said, what, the, what the if the Earth were tidally locked to the sun? Tidally mm -hmm. locked is a, not a great word. It is not a mellifluous word. Yeah, it doesn't have the feel to it. But one side of the Earth faces the sun all the time. Mm -hmm. And at the Earth's distance, I'm not sure how hot would that be. I mean, it'd be basically as hot as noon somewhere, but it would yeah, increase. But so, over you know, time. The, the temperature balance we get here on Earth is because we spend roughly half the, any given spot on the Earth's surface. And we're not, not talking about like Norway or Antarctica at the moment. Right. Um, but any given spot on the Earth roughly spends half its time in sunlight and half its time in darkness. Mm -hmm. So that means it spends half the day heating up and half the day cooling off. Right. So if we despin the Earth, then we're, we're making it heat up all the time or cool off all the time. Right. So let's say a, a normal hot summer day in not in the desert or something, but just middle of the road would be like uh, maybe 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, we'd have to sit down and do the calculations. I would guess that uh, you'd get a temperature increase of probably something between uh, 100 degrees Fahrenheit on the sunward side. Right, because it would, instead of night coming to stop, in other words, one reason it cools, it starts cooling and not continuing to heat up is that the earth is rotated and turned you away from the sun. Right. So yeah. you get to cool off a little bit. Like, like as you know, one of my favorite metaphors or examples of this is the hot dogs the hot dog. rotating under the heat lamp. Oh, like at the 7-Eleven? Yeah. Yeah, like at 7-Eleven, exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, yes, yeah, so actually that's a pretty good example. So if you go into a 7-Eleven and you sabotage the rotation mechanism, yes. so the hot dog stays there, <laughs> um, that hot dog, and then come back like a day later, yeah. that's what the earth is going to look like. Burned on one side. Yeah. Raw. Slathered in ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> the cheese pump to the ne next door to it is just like <laughs> caked and, well, it's, Basically, looking like it always does. So, uh, and there's a and and we have an atmosphere. So, so there's going to be humongous hurricanes. So let's free. Where where do we want to freeze? Let's freeze the Earth, so to speak, in relative to the sun, uh, mm -hmm. right over New York City. Hey, why not? Oh dear, naturally, naturally. So, which also means, by the way, that the the 
well, it wouldn't even matter that the planet is, quote, tilted. There would be no more North Pole, right? We well, wouldn't see, think of it that way. Thing. It's like, like we were talking about with Mercury. There is a North Pole, but since the rotation around the North Pole is so slow, um, what we think of as a day's worth of rotation happens over the course of a year. Oh, so right. you would have to be very patient uh, to watch and figure out which star North the stars, but but as far as the, the the people on, so you're on the planet. If if the Earth was tidally locked from the beginning, mm-hmm. we would never uh, we we would have to think of it completely differently. Because for instance, now we think of um, the equator being, you know, that the Earth spins oh, right. and the Earth that's is right. tilted. Yeah. So and, the, right. So one of the that's right. The the tilt of the Earth is a major factor for things like weather and climate right. um, and uh, the way humans interact with the Earth. Uh, if we were fun, that would no longer be the case. That is, it would be a, the, the, the dominant factor would just be whether you are on the Earth-facing side or not. Yeah, and in fact... Or so, the sun-facing side. Yeah. Right, so the, e- the equator, we would probably say... In fact, if, if New York was the spot where the sun was directly overhead mm-hmm. at, at the zenith and it never moved, then the equator and the meridian uh, would both go through New York, probably. We would probably. Oh, you s- might as well. Yeah, it would make a lot more sense to redraw your maps. Yeah. Um, to center on one of those points. Yeah. 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 And so the North Pole would probably would be 90 degrees mm-hmm. north of nor- New York. Wherever yeah. that is. So, whatever that is. <laughs> well, that's right. So, Actually, it'd be it's 50 um, degrees past the North Pole. Yeah, we don't often think of this, but we're China. off. We, we already kind of do stuff like that already. So, like mm. the, when we say the North Pole, we mean the, uh, the geographic North Pole determined by spin of the Earth. Right. But the magnetic North Pole is in a slightly different place. Right. Uh, so, we would probably just, so in a despun Earth, we would probably have a third pole um and call it i don't know the solar pole or something yeah uh, the third pole yeah which is <laughs> kind of a lame name well, it sounds like one of those direct to dvd uh <laughs> yeah. sci-fi movies <laughs> the third pole and it's about a guy who murders people with a tripod <laughs> <laughs> starring steven seagal or something. yeah exactly as a photographer who's gone who's <laughs> lost his mind so uh New York would if the, now the howling hurricane that occurs at the equator, is that right? Or or no, I'm sorry, at the terminator. You said right. So yeah. the place so. where the where where as you go away from New York, eventually you get to a spot. the The sun goes lower and lower and lower in the sky. Yeah, the sun the sun's right on the horizon. Yeah, so where the sun's on the horizon, that halfway point between day and night, mm-hmm. that's the center of these hurricanes. Uh, yeah, they'd be zooming overhead all the time. Wow. Is there an eye to that hurricane? Well, yeah, it would be the spot. Actually, it would be New York City in our... Um, oh, our okay. Uh, because all the, all the wind would be going away from New York. That would be convenient considering the smells in the summer. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it would just be would great. Be really it's just like a vacuum cleaner that just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blowing everything away yeah sorry whatever cities are 90 degrees from us <laughs> it's an interesting question actually yeah you're getting dumped on 
like Beijing, maybe, or I don't know. Uh, so they have their own pollution problems there. Sorry about that. We're going to exacerbate it. So the, and there would be no, in other words, it would be permanent daytime, permanent daylight in New York and in all the cities, you know, around for many, many, many miles, thousands of miles. Mm -hmm. Wherever the sun is in your in your sky, it just sits there. Yeah, which wherever is, you are. So that might be right overhead if you're in New York. Um, it might be down on the horizon if you're near the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this already solves one problem, which we, we have a little patio in our backyard here with a picnic table that has an umbrella in it. Good. And the sun is... Uh, um, our, our patio faces south, so throughout the day, the sun, you know, changes position quite dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so, as you sit out there, uh, you got to turn this umbrella, right? Just like you know, when you're on the beach, you got an umbrella. You got to keep turning it to stay in the shade. Wouldn't have that problem anymore. Correct. Yeah. So already utopia. <laughs> <laughs> the source of all of our social difficulties. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be great. Um, it, it would be weird. And, and so that's a whole, there's psychologically, there's a whole nother thing about living in a place where the light never changes as they do mm -hmm. it, the, which on Earth, we really only have experience from, from people living in the Arctic or Antarctic. Right. Yeah. And regions. some people are cool with that and some people go insane. So, yeah. I think I, if I had to choose between living in permanent night or permanent day, I would actually choose permanent night. Really? I think so. Wow. I'm a night person. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be on all the time. Yeah, that'd be kind of nice. Yeah, if you just like, you know. Um, so, uh, civilization would have evolved completely differently. So, for our, here's our final, mm -hmm. our speed round. Okay. We're going to evolve Earth from the beginning, having been tidally locked. Oh, boy. All right. Life would, could still evolve. No mm -hmm. problem. Okay. Now, um, one thing they were concerned about with Gliese 581C was that it was also very close to the star. So th th that is a problem for life. Perhaps. Yeah, there's other problems. Getting irradiated and stuff. So we're, Earth would still be uh, okay d distance wise, right? I mean, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, daytime is fine, things evolve. So it would be a little hotter. Um, on the Earth side, but the atmosphere, because we have an atmosphere, which we're going to include, because when we do these what-the-ifs, we can only change one thing. So we've right. locked the Earth. Everything else has to stay the same. The atmosphere yeah. kind of would even things out. In fact, those howling winds would be doing a service, at least, of carrying the energy to the dark side, or e trying to even out the energy, the temperature, okay. somehow. And so life evolves. We don't know what the temperature on the dark side would be. Would it be um, unbearable? Cold, yeah. I mean, the, the big question would be whether it would be uh, below freezing or not. And my guess would be yes. I, right. It'd be like the, well, it'd probably be like Antarctica. It'd be like, you know, the North or South Pole in the winter. So, and just keep getting colder, 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 colder. So, yeah. um, life would definitely evolve much more on the sun-facing side. Yeah, just because there's energy available, right? Yeah. And knowing life... 
we think that it probably would have congregated the most in the warm spot, but not directly under the the warm spot. Well, it's, it's, it's um, could depend uh, on the that land would be the mass. Question. If, the, if the warm spot is too warm, then things wouldn't live there, uh, and there would be sort of a zone of of non life um, in the middle of that. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't seem like this is a horrific radical change aside from the howling winds and apart from the crazy weather yeah i think the crazy weather would be one of the crazy weather and going crazy from it either being light all the time or dark all the time right Uh, but if we evolve then uh, in that circumstance then it would seem perfectly normal now we don't really because we we as like mammals such yeah uh, clearly do have our behavior linked to day night cycles yeah so what complex life would look like without that day night cycle uh is much harder to say like would we have some analog to sleep um there would be eventually a global war between the day people between the night people and the morning people i'm a morning person Uh, i'm or i'm a day person mm -hmm. i'm a night person those two people don't get along very well no, even more so than uh, is already the case. Yeah. yeah. Actually, maybe there wouldn't be a war because they'd each be happy where they are. Uh, that would be possible, right? No, the, the day people would not want to live on the night side, so why bother conquering it? Right. And the the terminate, the hurricanes circling the planet at the Terminator might even mm-hmm. keep those people apart. And so what happens is you grow, you, you get in a planet with extreme personality differences. So much so that they might not, they truly don't understand each other after a while. Yeah. Um, but maybe they're so different that they don't uh, bother each other either, right? So, like, there's, there's no, you know, um, iguanas and bluebirds don't understand each other. Right. But there's no great iguana-bluebird war. Right, right. Actually, so this, yeah, this is not bad. Aside from the natural human inclination to hate your neighbors... Mm-hmm. Which is would cause all kinds of problems on the sides, right? Like, yeah, we're both night people, but he's, you know, roots for the Red Sox. Uh, kind of world, at least semi-world peace. Okay, so there yeah, maybe that's the, the, the key to world peace was de-spinning the Earth a billion years ago. Yeah, that was really a good idea. There was <laughs> yeah. Whoever thought of that should get credit. There was that long period where everything went flying <laughs> from the momentum it already possessed. But uh, eventually, you know, world peace and um, you know the the aerodynamics industry had a challenge with the hurricanes, but they kind of got into that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, now those people look out and see planets that do rotate like Venus or Mars, and just think, that's ho- how horrible is that? How strange. How awful it must be to have the sun leaping in and out of the sky on a regular basis. Exactly. <laughs> how inconvenient. Um, wonderful. Well, here, we, we've explored, we've, we've the, the people on Gliese 581C, Super Earth, uh, mm. if they exist, if they've not been all radiated, are listening to this podcast uh, 20 years from now? Uh, yep, that's right. If we broadcast it mm-hmm. and not 
and not just let it sit on a hard drive. Yeah. Not this. It's only if they finally figure out some way to access uh, to download the podcast. Um, they're listening to this and saying, "This is like the most boring episode." What, what is? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> what if the world were exactly the way it is? It just doesn't seem to make sense. So, um, we, I apologize. We apologize to all our listeners, Gliza. 581c we also apologize for having doubted your existence well that's true yeah. yeah but we won't be getting their hate mail for another 20 years so that's okay right actually 40 years right 40 years from recording yeah yeah so i'll be 90 so bring it <laughs> by that time i'll be you know people who are 90 just don't care they're just like whatever exactly yeah, Criti- they're, um, criticism not gonna waste any energy on uh the glazians right i mean i'm in the middle of a shuffleboard game here let's I finally got an email from Gleeza 581. Well, thank you. Thank you for t- again for taking us on a tour to another wild imaginary future that could we may have if we figure out how to despin the Earth and someone actually goes for it. Uh, speaking of wild imaginary futures, imagine if you had a puppet on each one of your fingers. Imagine Whoa. if each of your fingers had a face. And a personality of one of the world's great scientists or science fiction character. It could be a science fiction scientist, mm-hmm. could be an engineer, maybe like yeah. Scotty or something. That'd um, be cool. If you send us ideas, whether you're on an, an exoplanet or a. What, what, what is a non exoplanet called? What is a solar system planet? Uh, oh, well, we just call them planets, I guess. Right. So if you're on an exoplanet or an interplanet, I'm just going to throw that out there, <laughs> intraplanet, and uh, you have an idea for, you had a vision of a strange universe where you've changed one thing and everything is different, send it to us, uh, feedback at whattheif.com, or on Twitter, whattheifshow, and, or on Facebook, uh, the whattheif page, facebook.com slash whattheif, and uh, Send us your idea, and if we use it, if we pick it up, and we say, because we're young and vibrant, we're not 90 years old yet. Oh, my goodness, this email from <laughs> Joe Schmo 32 Wow. This is actually a great idea, and we have done that in the past, and we are going to do that in the future. So send us your awesome ideas, and if we use it, we, we, you are all listening, all of you are ifers, and if you send an idea, you, you get ifed. You become a super ifer and a puppet master. Because we will send you a finger puppet from the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, makers of smart, funny gifts for smart, funny people. They have a website, philosophersguild.com. Go there. You're going to laugh your butt off. We're going to respin the earth now, spin it back up. Sorry. Hold on tight. Usually I say be grateful for, you know, this thing like, uh, we turned off gravity. Well, be grateful for gravity because we discovered all the horrible things that happened. In this case, I don't know, so far, you know, we, we despun Earth. I think the Chamber of Commerce has nothing to worry about. We did nothing but praise it. <laughs> and uh, you can visit it next week. Something else strange. Something is ticking in our supercomputer in the basement that goes through all the parameters for changing the universe. 
And next week, the bell, the little hotel-like bell, will ring. A piece of paper will come out. And we'll rip it off. And if it's not a suggestion from one of you, it's going to be a suggestion from the supercomputer in the basement. So I challenge you. Beat the supercomputer. Send us your own ideas. Beat the supercomputer. And then... We will change the universe. And then looking at it in shock and horror, next week, we will say... What the... the If, 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 if. Goodbye now. <laughs>